Blog Talk Radio. Quiet, please. Your good well, energy. 
<laughs> well, that's good. I'm glad to hear that. Um, so you've been well? I've been very well, thank you. Yep. Fantastic. Yeah. All right. So we're in the middle of this director's series, and uh, which you so graciously have have uh, been doing with me here, and uh, and we're talking script analysis. And we gave a general overview last time. We're going to be more specific this time. And I know that uh, you want to say something about uh, being a director and 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 about writing. So I'm going to let you. Yeah, take I, I think it's important. I think I mentioned this on the top of the last one, but it's, I'm not a writer, uh, and um, I'm a, you know as a director. And you don't have to be a writer as a director or a director as a writer. I mean, but for me, it's it's a matter of important information about the story and how to break it down after and how to analyze it and take it apart and and all of this. And uh, I think my joke was one last time. I'm I'm like Snoopy, right? It's it's like a dark and stormy night. Dot dot dot. And that's about as far as I get in scripts. So. Uh, but once the script is written and I get my hands on it, um, then I can go to town. And because uh, it's about analyzing and and, uh, and taking the script apart bit by bit and seeing how all the pieces work and do they work and where the pieces don't fit, because I can translate it visually. That's my job as the director. And there's uh, you know there's a lot of people that are writer directors and uh, you know there's good things and bad things about being a writer director. I mean one of the good things about being a writer director is on your way home at night from set you don't have to talk to the director you don't have to spend all your night talking to the director you can just talk to him on the way home right. Um, the other I, th- I think sort of the downside of being a writer director is sometimes you have to separate that writer out um, and you get so close to the words. Uh, that you may not see, you may your blinders may be up. Um, I find this because I'm, I'm teaching a lot of Vancouver Film School and young filmmakers and their short films, and of course they all write them. And then the first thing I'm trying to do is sort of uh, just say, am I being send the writer to the bar? Because right now I want to talk, talk to the director. And uh, and that's really important. I think if there's anything anyone gets out of this today, if you're a writer-director, is you need to separate the two positions drastically. Uh, because your a director translates it visually, we all know that, and you're going to come up with different things. You want to get rid of certain pieces of dialogue that you can do with just a look. Um, maybe some things that don't make sense, because uh, on the paper you can make sense um, visually or vice versa. Uh, transitions, all of that, and we're going to cover all of those kind of points. But I think that's just a word. It's almost a word of warning, Rex. Just you know, it's really important to how do you how do you do that? I have no idea. Um, but it's when you're directing, then go for it. Listen to what the actors have to say, not to what the writer has to say. If the writer was good, if the script was good, and the story's there, and even if you wrote it, now you can start interpretation. So that's my rant of the day. <laughs> well, very good. Very good. Um, so now we're going to pick up. We, we're, like I said, we were at general script analysis, so yeah. now we're going to do more specific script analysis. So, um, and this comes about when? When? When do you do this? When well, you, you know, I mean, it's basically it's all part of it. I think the first thing we talked about on the last one was just really reading the script through and just finding the general things that are happening. And and because we have to say we have to speak in logical order. Uh, but but you know to say this is point A point B point C everything is overlapped because you're going to do this you're going to do this these are all the things um, you can make lists of things but after a while you just you feel it right it's like driving a car um, I use this analogy a lot because it's such a good analogy is that um, you know when you first learn to drive a car 
uh, and speaking in actors' terms, you're in the you're 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 in your head. You're not in the moment, right? You get in the car, you put your seatbelt on, you lock the door, you do the rear view mirror. Like everything is very um, not automatic. It's just you just manual. You're doing this. You got to look over your shoulder. You look at this, and you know, and that's the first time you're driving a car. And now what happens is that our car, we can talk on the cell phone, our car kind of magically arrives at this location we're going to, you don't even remember. Uh, that's all part of something that is becomes part of us. And I think the same thing, uh, I call it situational reduction theory, and I've, we've talked a lot about that, uh, that after a while you just get a handle on certain things, and that's what we'll go over today, um, of just breaking it down, trying to demystify it, I think is the good word. So, Because the number one thing for a director is really, you know, you break down the script. We talk about the mantra of the director. It's story, performance, and then everything else. And we're still we're still on story because without understanding your story, knowing how to break it down, and really going through every detail of the story, uh, problems are going to arise either on the set or when you screen it. So that's what we're trying to um, solve. And, of course, with the caveat that who says a story is good? You, me, Joe, Mary? <laughs> I mean, it's all relevant, uh-huh. too, right? Um, but the first, uh, you know, after you do your sort of general over your read and just some general notes, you start digging deeper. I mean, you are going through it scene by scene. So, I mean, specific script analysis, scene analysis, are all it's all kind of interrelated. But remember that the, the purpose of script analysis is ultimately to you know, find out who the characters are and what happens to them. And you can read the script once and you know, okay, he does this, he does this, he gets the girl, he dies, whatever, and you know that. But now you have to dig deeper because writers, actors, and directors deal in subtext, in the, in, in underneath the text. Uh, because, you know, if anybody can stand up and say words, but what's the meaning behind the words? What's that, what are the objectives, what's that? And we're going to get into that later in this series when we start Going into characters and dealing with actors. So, so just as an overview, um, we'll just start going through some points here. Uh, and again, it's it's specific, uh, you know, things that you're looking for. And again, there's no order to this. It's, it's impossible. But um, so one of the things is what's the plot, you know? And and a lot of the things we talk about are very obvious. And so, and it's good to know what the obvious are or sorry, what the obvious is, uh, because sometimes, even though it seems to be obvious, maybe it isn't, and we need to find that out. So, um, you know, plot, uh, you know, that carries the action. So what is the action? What's the plot? We all, everybody talks plot. Um, that's the, what the story, what the action is about. What is that? So you find it out. And a lot of these things, you kind of make a little note of it, because you have to keep in mind also, and this is what I, I meant by the separating the director from the writer, as you, as a director does this script, and you're going to find holes. This is where you find problems in the script, and you have to keep your mind totally open for it. And these are good points to go across on that. So, so you know, plot carries action. You know, what's the plot of Titanic? You know, the ship hits an iceberg and it sinks, and it's all the tra- drama that happens on the ship. I mean, uh, there's more to it, but I'm being very simple with the time we have. Um, and then. So- so yep. I got a question about that. Then do you separate out? Do you go, okay, here's plot. Here, here are, for, for example, I mean, there are plot points in inside movies where you know a particular scene or a particular beat, particular action, something furthers the story, it moves it along, and then there's those other moments when maybe a, a separate story is going on, or it, it doesn't, re- or it's some 
uh, explanation that's going on. It doesn't necessarily move the story forward. Yes. Do you do you then? I mean, once you determine what your plot is, you can you can go through the script and say, okay, this scene needs to be really emphasized, and this scene doesn't need to be emphasized as much, and this scene this scene needs to be, you know, really really, you know, the audience has to really know what's going on here. I mean, you find that that this is a useful way to conceptualize it when you think of plot. Absolutely, because you need. To, I mean, plot. You know, you read the story, and plot is probably the, the simplest. And one, one, one. Uh, you know, it's probably one of the simplest things to figure out because it's really what the story is about, what the movie's about. This A happens to this, this happens to this, and you know, that's it. And so you, but you want, but it's that's the text. If we talk in in uh, writing and acting terms, right? That's the text. That's what's written. That's the what draws us into I mean Titanic's always a great movie we always talk about it because it's just a great movie to use to analyze for everything uh, and it doesn't matter whether you like the movie or not it's got all the elements in it right because it's so dramatic and so big you know a huge ship hits an iceberg and sinks and all of this stuff happens I mean this is movies man <laughs> it's like right. so cool and you can but it's like the you know and I'm, you know I don't want to get into details on Titanic but because it's the first one that always pops in my head. But, you know, it is really, what's the action of the movie? Well, without the ship sinking, there would be no love story. Or or the love story would be taking a different tact, right? They probably would have a love story, but it's, you don't have the dramatic moments. And drama is conflict. And uh, so you have to say, well, that's what it is. She, You know, this is basically what happens. And then underneath that, which is actually more important, is the subplot or... Because the subplot, uh, and there's sometimes a variety of subplots, of course, um, A, B, A stories or B stories. But what is that theme underneath? And that's what we say. So what's the story? What's the action? Which is your plot? And then what's your theme? Which is your subtext? And the theme, and we all have different versions even watching a movie of what the theme is. And, and that's what makes that's because it's art. That's, that's, that's great. But if we do very simple... Uh, say on Titanic, it's it's the theme is a love story, and then whatever version of how you want to add to that, so that, and that's really the story that the filmmakers are telling, because Titanic is not a movie about a ship sinking, it's a love story set upon a sinking ship, and that makes the whole difference. Because if it's a movie about a ship sinking, it'll be probably you know it's a documentary maybe. Um, because we care about the people. Uh, you know, war stories are about, you know, this is the battle or this is, you know, Pearl Harbor. Okay, I mean, okay, I know it's Michael Bay, but we take, that's all valid, right? And But it's about the people in the movie that we care about. And that's ultimately what's important. So we really have to go plot is action, subplot is theme, and figure that out. And the plot, like I said, is pretty easy to figure out, and uh, you know, some plot or theme, uh, you can spend a lot of time figuring it out because sometimes you think it's one thing, and then as you read the script and you start, you know, hot casting actors, things change. But whatever it is, you got to know what it is because you are, as a director, you're the only through line for everything. So that's mm -hmm. plot and subplot, basically. And um, then you mentioned theme. Well, <clears throat> theme is is. I believe theme is the most important part of your story. I mean, <clears throat> plot is there. The text, uh, you can do it. You can have the actor stand up and repeat the lines and put them in the battle or the ship or whatever. That's pretty obvious stuff. But what's the heartbeat, I guess? Maybe plot is, there you go, maybe plot is the body, the skin, the body that makes the body, and, and then 
what the theme is. It's the heartbeat, what goes on underneath the soul. Right? That's another good one. Oh, I'm going to have to think of that one. I, I like that. That's a pretty good idea, actually. Nice. Um, and, and the theme is, like, what's the story really about? Um, is there a message? Uh, you know, what is that message? And, and I think it's really important for filmmakers to really dig deep. And I say you may not get it. Uh, for the first little while going through the script because the more you read the script, your ideas come out of it. Other people, producers, actors, DP, whoever can make make suggestions and ideas and you hear what's this theme because it's really the theme that you have to hold on to. Um, the message, ultimately, what is it about? And and I've, I tell young filmmakers, uh, and again, I say young filmmakers because of the, so much teaching that I do, it's what once you know your theme... You write that theme out in a little sticky and you stick it on your computer because everything or wherever in front of a board or on a mirror, wherever it is close to where you're writing or rewriting, um, because whenever you're you're talking about changing dialogue, whenever you're thinking about, okay, I want it, here's a great shot, you look up at your theme and, and I, you know, does that fulfill the theme? Does Am I going away from the theme or does this enhance it? And it's a really, really good way <clears throat> of... Um, you know, of uh, of enhancing. I mean, again, Titanic, just a couple images come in. If we say love, right? If we say love, uh, just as a general term, uh, because this is not this is not a movie analysis <laughs> by any, but it just popped in now, is that if we say the theme of the movie Titanic is a love story, then if you remember, because I think everybody, even if they you know, have seen Titanic, as the ship was sinking and the water was coming in, they cut to a couple other scenes where I think they had the old man and the old woman in the bed as the water was coming up and they just looked at each other, right? That's love, right? And then we had, and I remember visually the mother reading to her two young children. They were trapped below. There's no way they were leaving. And she was just reading them, telling them a story as the water was coming into the room. That's the theme. And you you can feel that throughout, and I'm using those as you know those ideas uh, are so important because they affect us. They they hit us in the soul. Yeah, I wanna I want to uh, stop you right there because I think I think this is important. We may talk about it further down the road, but but um, since I have you here now, the uh, the notion is that sometimes I, and we're talking about you know a, a director taking a script that most likely he or she hasn't written, but could have, I suppose, and and analyzing it so that you can put it, you know, get this up on the on the screen. Now, um, we could we could make the argument together that you know if you if you take a screenplay and 15 different people read it, they may come up with you know one main theme that they all get, or they may come up with 15 different themes that they get. In other words, the writer may not have even written with a theme in mind, you know, just may have assembled something. So the director's job though, let's say let's say you had if it was possible to have a themeless screenplay, would be to find a theme, an overriding theme. In the in the if, I'm making a hypothetical, so you're right, you yes, know, yes. you wouldn't you wouldn't want to find a script like that, frankly. No. But uh, but but if you were to, so it would be the director's job to assign a theme, and out of out of say the 15 different themes that you might possibly come up with on a screenplay, to find the most interesting one. But then what I think is is also quite, I would think is pronounced. Is let's say the script, when Titanic was written, didn't have the scene of the mother reading the kids the. Mm. 
the script, you know, the the story in right. bed or the the older couple. Well, then the director could look at this and go, "How do I get my theme across? What scenes do I need to include or shoot or have another writer come in and write or script in order to 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 make all these salient points to make to to you know to round out the movie and make you know." make up on the screen what I want to have. I mean, you're the director, so you're in charge, right? I mean, we're not just, mm-hmm. we're, we're pulling from a screenplay, but you, you also can make assignments mm-hmm. in how you want your, and how you want to translate your vision to the screen. Absolutely. I, I I think that's a great way of putting it because, I mean, we never know unless you get James Cameron on the line, you know, and talk right. to him. Yeah. But, but or look at the script, but that, but that doesn't exactly. matter. It's like the the concept is absolutely correct, um, and you know, and there are, you know, then you think, well, what's the definition of a good movie and a bad movie? And you know, there's there is no pure definition. Is do you like it or not? Does it move you? Do you feel something? And it could be horror, or laughter. It doesn't matter. It's a feeling, and I think that's the thing that ultimately we want. But if you, you know, and I, you know, sometimes arbitrary that people will write a script and it's all plot or action oriented, and you know it doesn't come across as very believable or whatever, and that's because maybe the theme is not there, or because theme is relates to, you know, subtext and and what's going on with the characters, and uh, sometimes it's just very superficial, and there's so much crap out there uh, that that's you know. I mean, I think every movie has a theme just inherent in a story, but maybe, but there could be ten different themes and nobody has a handle on it. Well, if you have all these things, then if the director or the writer or the actors don't know what's going on, then the audience is not going to go on or know what's going on, get confused. And and it's not about hitting things over the head either uh, right. or being on the nose, uh, but it's it's and that's why it's it's making movies uh writing a book uh you know recording a song are so difficult because it's all about human emotion and everybody has a different feeling i mean you know i may have a different sense of what anger is than you do because of uh or 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 you know comedy well there's a good thing i mean comedy like dialogue comedy doesn't travel very well internationally because you can't interpret the lines in every language you know, has its own nuances. Um, so, but you, if you sit down and say, well, I'm going to make the best story, uh, the best film from the story, and, and if I put my heart and soul into it, and if I go through it as a writer, as a director, as a producer, because producer, ultimately, we have to keep, we always keep forgetting the producers, and, and Rex, you are a producer, so it's like, because you, you, may, you, might, you may find a story, um, that resonates with you, right? It has certain things like some action and stuff because you're always thinking economics and I have to have a major star to pay for this and we have to have a little you know, car scene or car chase, whatever. That's all just part of the tools. But ultimately, what drove you to the story? What What is it about? And that has to translate from the writer you hire to the director you hire all the way through, right, right into production design. You know, like what's the color scheme? Uh, all of that kind of stuff. So, I guess to round this off about plot and theme, it's what's the story about and then what's it really about? Maybe that's a good way of putting it. And that's very uh, cool. Do you go ahead. No, I'm listening. I was just gonna say, do you do you make any analogies to uh you know, we talk about text and subtext to plot and subplot? That if an actor has the lines that, that the actor must deliver, that there's a life underneath that in the same way the plot has you know this undercurrent of of something that's occurring or subplots or 
Well, it is all related. I really just think, like when we talk about character, subtext and text, I mean, subtext is our world. You know that, Rex. You're an actor. Uh, it's it's The actors look at it on a subtextual level, on on where the feelings are. And that we have to, so that if you look at, you almost do the graph that plot equals, um, well, let me throw this out. I'm just pulling this out now. So plot equals text, right, which is what is said, equals the um, objective of the actor, um, right, uh, and and subplot um equals uh, the theme, which equals subtext, which equals the actor's super objective, and it becomes wants and needs. I mean, it's very convoluted here. I have to write this down. But I think, I hope uh, people understand where we're going with this. There's, it's all what's what's on the surface and what's underneath, and that impacts. And I think as we go through and people listen to this, because I do have a lot of other things to talk about once we get into character, and I can relay back to this. I'm kind of skipping ahead of it. but But it is true that you do that line. And I and I, the reason I don't have any difficulty with exploring this as we are or allowing it to get you know uh, you know more enmeshed is that I think it's the director's responsibility to do these things and to, and to think about these things and to consider them and to take time and whether you call it plot or something else or you call it theme or something else or if you say the Titanic is about love or and that's the theme that you choose or you say the Titanic is about seizing the moment and you know or carpe diem or you know or so you know that at least you know you put your thought process behind it and you yeah, invest it's about survival of the fittest I mean it, that it could be anything you want that just that you're strict you're right it has to but you have to push the film in that direction yeah and and for filmmakers that that, that you know and especially directors you know I, I think the reason why we see such Less than glorious filmmaking out there is because, you know, in in many cases we're all novices, no matter how experienced we are. But mm-hmm. that there are too many people who pick up a script, they shoot it because they they want to make a movie, and they don't recognize what makes a good script or screenplay, or what makes a good story, or what is a director's responsibility? What do I need to do in order to to translate this into something visual that people will, you know, connect with? And and so the fact that you're going through these things and the, and, and 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 we are stopping a lot of times, but but in giving pause to these things because I think the concepts that you are, are listing out are extremely important for people to pay attention to. Yes, I so. uh, you know I think it's important from a director and 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 you know like what's the director's responsibilities? And we've sort of been through that. And well, it's you know understanding the story, working with the actors, figuring out the shots. Uh, you know, what color of costume do you want? All of that is a director's responsibility. And um, it's, uh, you know, that's all very important stuff. But, you know, when you're starting out, you're not going to know all of that. So the most important thing you can do is, and the first thing you have to do is understand the story and understand the characters and, you know, and then performance. Because those are your number two, two, those are your two most important things you're dealing with. Because you can virtually stand on a set and and not understand how to block a scene at all. But if you know to, I mean, it's all related. You should know everything, I mean, as much as possible. But your DP and camera operator can help you out with that. Your script supervisor can help. You know, your AD can help you out with those things. Understand what's the difference between a 50 mil lens and a 100, you know, 100 mil lens. If you have no idea the physics of, but but you say, listen, I, I just feel 
even talking story sense to your DP. If you don't know that, then just other people are making the movie for you. And I think a lot of movies look like that. And that you've got to get into the engine. You've got to get right into the depth of the soul of your script. And it doesn't matter whether it's just a, it's an action piece or not. Or, you know, it's just because every film, you have to find its soul, which is the theme, and, and work your magic through that. And read the script writing books. You know, you don't just sit down and, and become all this. You have to do a lot of your own work and research, analyze scripts, what works, what doesn't. Um, take scripts. And because it's so subjective, um, you know, a, a good exercise that I've always found is, you know, take a, a movie that you really like, that's one of your favorite films, and then find a script. You can find them online, Drew Scriptorama or wherever it is, and read the script. Now, the only caveat is you never know what draft that script is versus the movie, but at least you get an idea what the script is uh, versus what the movie is. And read that and analyze the script. Um, find the scene that's in the movie. Do you you know re- read the scene in the script? Does it make sense? Did they change it? Uh, what did they do? What could you do differently? That's a lot of homework to, to do, and that's all part of it. But I also think another good exercise, which you'll actually probably learn more, is Take the movie you least like, like you think is just a piece of crap. Get that movie. Find a script for that movie. And now find out why it didn't work. And I think that's where you can really learn about filmmaking. Because when we go to a movie, and we're all professionals, and we sit in the movie theater, and we watch a good movie, but you know, whether you're a professional filmmaker or not, you're a human being with feelings and emotions. And it's like you get caught up in the movie, and next thing you know, you're laughing or you're crying or whatever it is, and then the, you get caught up in the story. Well, that's brilliant because a lot of times, and you know that, we'll go to movies and, or watch on TV, and next thing you know, you're watching the lighting and you're watching this. <laughs> okay, because you've been taken out of the story. So I recommend that a lot. You're going to learn, I believe, you learn more on your own side a lot from watching you know, a bad movie but taking it apart. Getting the script, oh, analyzing it, because you oh this is so bad, but why? And then don't make the same mistake. Absolutely, you and I are complete agreement on that for certain. Um, and with that, I'm going to take a short break, Peter, and then we'll come right back. Okay, that is a, an excellent point and an excellent place to to, to kind of give pause and and uh, uh, you know it's all about comparing and contrasting. It's looking at at what works and then looking at what doesn't work. Uh, that's the the whole notion of the show: what to do, what not to do, and uh, you know uh, so aptly put, so wonderfully said. Uh, you're listening to Rex Sykes Movie Beat. The official website is rexsykes.com. That's my name: R E X S I K E S dot com. We're live right now with Peter Marshall. The chat room is open. And uh, if you're listening to this archive, uh, you may be listening as a podcast or as a, uh, uh, from a link from the website. Uh, but please go ahead and leave comments both during and after the show. Live tweeting is always, always appreciated. Uh, but do take a moment, leave comments, and also please do rate and review the podcasts. And we're happy that you're listening however you're listening and whenever you're listening because these are available 24-7 anytime uh, at your convenience. I want to tell you about my upcoming guest. Uh, I've got uh, two more shows this week, and then I'll, I'll name a couple others. Stan Livingston. Stanley Livingston was the actor Chip on My Three Sons, going way back. Uh, he started his career as a child actor. He's also director, producer, writer, but he is also a uh, 
helming. He's at the helm of a project called the Actors Journey Project, and we're going to be discussing that and his career um, coming up next. And Rod Lurie uh, has directed uh, the remake of Straw Dogs. I saw it on Sunday. I don't consider it a remake. I think it's its own standalone film. But Rod is going to be here on Friday, right after Stan is on Thursday. Friday is Rod. Uh, so join us at the uh, same time, same place. Brendan Moriarty directed a, a really fascinating film about the dis disappearance of Sean Flynn, Errol Flynn's boy, uh, called Road to Freedom. After, after that, my next guest is Jane S. Benson. She's been involved with Buffy and Angel and Firefly and a new uh, web series called Husbands, but she is a writer, producer, uh, and uh, she's been involved in so many of my favorite TV shows. The producer of Kiss and The Promise, Lenny Batondo, is coming up after that. I had I had uh, the star of that movie. It's a fascinating, disturbing movie about serial killing. Peter Marshall, gosh, who is that? He's coming back uh, after that. Uh, our director I'm talking with today, he's a fabulous guest. We're going to continue the director series. Then Mark Frost. Mark Frost was uh, David Lynch's partner in Twin Peaks. He does so many things on his own. Mark will be joining us. And that's it for now. I want to return to Peter and our discussion uh, on um, a screen, a script analysis and a screenplay. So uh, thanks for joining us and continue to share these and uh, join us again. Peter, we're back. Hi. Thanks for being patient. Well, that's a, that's so, a, I was, I was, I'm impressed. I was listening to that list. Holy smokes. You lining them, you're lining them up, Rex. <laughs> yeah, lighting them up and knocking them down. Man. Knocking they them are, down, they are, yeah. they are coming out of the woodwork here. And I am so lucky. I mean, I really is. I, to be able to talk with you about these things in depth and to be able to talk to each of my guests, uh, I consider it uh, both lucky for myself and lucky for my listeners. So right thank on. you. So, uh, Peter, uh, now moving on, what about the story making some sense? Oh, well, move on. Uh <laughs> I don't want to move you ahead of time, but yeah, I know. No, I'm I'm saying it was a joke. It's like, isn't that one of the biggest problems? You know, yes. it's like making sense. I mean, you have to think of doing a short script. You know, say anywhere from five to you know maybe nine pages. You know, you know a six to ten minute script. Okay, well, you have to that has to make sense. But when you start sitting down looking at a hundred and ten page script or a ninety page script, you get lost in it. Uh, it's easy to kind of get a flow of five or ten pages, but when you're you're double, you're you know you're you're up into the hundred pages. So it's really by going through the theme and the plot and everything we're talking about, it's going to help you to find out if it makes sense. And logic, uh, I think, is a really important thing because it's those little things that everybody goes, you know, you're sitting watching a movie, and go, oh, that wouldn't happen, and right. you know, and but I think there's also a caveat here. There's also something that we're not when you're doing drama you're not doing a documentary and so if you're in a hospital or you're on a military battlefield or whatever or you're or you're in space or whatever it is there are always going to be people that know that working so if you're doing a hospital drama and you've got doctors and nurses in the audience they're going to pick things out that are not logic in the sense that well no you do this before this but we're dramatizing an event and picking out all the best pieces, uh, you know, it's not a documentary. I think you have to. So there's a line there you have to draw that make it visually interesting. I think we all know that, but, and I and I think that's all passable because that's 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 okay because you're making it visually interesting to tell the story without having to tell the last three hours of the person's life to get there because we don't have three hours to watch. We only have two hours to watch the whole story. So. 
But the logic of the story holds, or the logic um, is something that I, I, it just doesn't make sense. And I think as you read it, if you find something, as you read the script and something, like you may not know what it is, just put a little X on the right-hand side of the page or something like that and come back to it later. Because you have to go to it's your feelings, right? You're not sometimes your head just doesn't work, um, and because you're you're so so many other things you're dealing with. So again, does it work? Does it, is it logical? Does does it make sense? And and um, as you go through, you can ask other people and find it with, and then find that out. So that's important. Um, you know, and from that too, it's like, what are the characters? You know, how are they thinking? What are they doing? Uh, this is all the exposition, uh, dialogue, um, all of that kind of stuff is important too. Um, what else? The the tension, you know, tension is important. Like, what's going to happen next? I mean, again, drama is conflict, and and uh, you know, I love Hitchcock, Hitchcock, you know, Hitchcock's expression that drama is real life with all the dull bits cut out, and I, I love that expression and. It's like you you're taking the 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 parts of the movie the entertainment because you're you're also entertaining as well as telling a story, so you need to know you need to create tension and tension is just not you know a guy walking in the room and pointing a gun at you it's it's inside tension it's a relationship it's it's stuff that goes on inside a person that creates tension mixed emotions if you will these are all the things that you're uh you want to try to find out. One of the big things that I think is important along with the theme is the main question. You know, what's the problem to be solved? What's the main question of the film? And, uh, you know, if if the movie Titanic, the main question is is not will the ship sink? Uh, because we already know that. But if it was a movie, but uh, it's will the two of them get together? We, what's the There are a lot of questions to answer. So as a filmmaker, you have to find out What's the main question of your movie? And uh, do, you know, do they escape? Uh, does she get? Does he get the girl? Whatever it is, uh, you have to find that out. And again, that's the other thing you should stick on a sticky. You have the theme, and then you, and then you stick the question because the story is. It's like you're traveling, you know, from you know. Well, I'm in Vancouver, you know, and where I'm going to where you are. Well, there's many ways I can get there. As long as I end up there, I can maybe take little side journeys. But how much is a side journey do? And and so you want how much time do I have? So you need to really know where you're going and draw that line and keep us on the path and know. And it's experience, as you know. It's just experience and a feeling about diverting over here to to go off just to have a little characterization, a little moment with these characters, and then I have to get back on the path to. to continue my trip because that's what people want to know that ultimate story i mean when you take trilogies uh like twilight which i've never seen but twilights or, or you know lord of the rings where it takes him nine hours to drop the stupid ring in a volcano <laughs> it's like is is like you have a lot you have a lot more opportunity and because they're coming from books but it's like for character development Right, rather than two hours, you have all of these. Or, or Harry Potter series is another prime example. We see these people grow. Television is so awesome for that now, because you get to see characters literally grow up in front of you. Um, you know, all of that kind of thing. So you have to all. It's about is it two hour movie or is it a series? Uh, you know what's happening. 
So these are the so again going back to the what's the question to be solved in your script? Find out what it is. And, and what I want to say is that what I appreciate about you, Peter, so much, and about your um, your courses because we haven't even mentioned those, but but you've got these fabulous courses for the first AD and for the director, and uh, and and your materials. You've got an e-zine and a blog, and but I mean one of your websites is actioncutprint.com. And I wanted to mention that, but one of the things that I really like is that, you know, um, we grow up and we sometimes are afraid to ask questions in class, and yet we hear things like there's no such thing as a stupid question. And I, I'm a big believer in questions because questions really open up your neurology. It depends on the kind of question you, you, you ask. For example, if I say, what's the capital of Arizona, and there's a specific answer, you know, once I've got that answer, it's done. I don't have to go any further because I've delivered the goods. But if I said, you know, how many different things could I do today that are going to be fun or exciting, I don't honestly know the answer to that. could be hundreds. could be two. So my brain has to search for that. And it has to look, and it might end at any particular point. It well, I, I, I'm going to go swimming, and then I go bang, and that was it, and then I shut down after that. But it's that exploration, and what you do in your work is to ask all these different questions. You even write them out. You even supply people with questions. You know, but, but the idea being is that as you go through screenplays, as you break these things down, you as a director or you as a first AD but you, or you as a writer, whatever it might be, that whatever hat you're wearing, you're asking questions to, to bring the material alive, to think about it, to explore it, to be curious about it. And not to get necessarily a correct answer right away, but to, but to, to, but to go through it and find out what is there that you can then accentuate and that you can then, you know, uh, again, deliver to the screen. So I, I really do appreciate these things. And I, and I just stopped you on what is the main question, but, but all of these, I mean, we're going through what is the plot and the subplot, what's the mm -hmm. theme, what's the logic, is a way for people to begin to organize their thinking yes. about what they're doing and organize their behaviors. And, and as you so aptly put earlier, it's, it's, it's kind of a, uh, you know, a, a conscious thing right now and a struggle, but ultimately, you know, people will do this at, at an unconscious level or at a conscious competence level right. and they'll be able to do it, or unconscious competence level, and, and they'll do it as, as if it's second nature. So um, thanks for that. And, um, and then you have, you know, you know well, the main question, then you've got your main action and the spine, and what, what is that? Well... Well, I just want to, and I just want to go back to the question for a second, and you know, because we I do talk about this after and even with actors. But the number one question a director has to ask is always why. Why yeah. is this in here? Why is this scene in here? Why is this character saying this line? And if you always ask why, never assume, always ask why. And I think you that's going to really help you out. Uh, you know, why why does this, why does the writer say they want a color red? What does it mean? Because there's a there's a psychology of color, there's a psychology of the you know whatever. So mm -hmm. keep asking the question why. Always ask questions. We cannot afford to take things at face value. Um, when you get you know someone who you respect gives you a script or tells you something, we take it uh, as you know we take it sometimes verbatim. We take it as sort of gospel, if you will. But you know we're all human. Uh, we can make mistakes. Uh, or there's another there's another answer for that. There's one thing I love about teaching. Uh, you know, I ask a question in class or to other people, uh, and it's like, well, there's two or three, four, five different answers. There's kind of the one I'm after, but there's one thing. It's almost nobody's wrong because it's perspective, right? And so ask why. And that's why there should only be one director on a movie or one person sort of guiding that. 
it's not because you know a producer and a director uh, and a writer, uh, three people in a room, all creative, all dynamic. Uh, it could be a long night uh, if they're not agreeing on something. So who's you know ultimately who whose story is it? Are you the writer director and your mother gave you ten thousand dollars because you're using your credit card? Maybe it's your mother can dictate. <laughs> No, but somebody ha- because otherwise, if you're wishy-washy or you've got well, the producer wants this theme and you want this theme, it's so, well, okay, we'll we'll add it in. It's gonna they're gonna clash. If they're opposite, they're gonna clash, and the audience is gonna go. I'm a little confused. <laughs> Are you? And that's what happens. It's sometimes it's it's very much like um, you're on a ship in the ocean, and you plot a course to go across the Pacific from one city to another. And if you are one degree out um, at the start, it, it means absolutely nothing, right? One degree. If you're leaving Vancouver and I'm going to go to Tokyo, because that's, you know, I can look across, there's the ocean. Uh, it's like one degree initially is not a big deal. But by the time you get to, well, you won't get to Tokyo if you're one degree out and you just keep going on that one degree missing. And that's what happened. You're going to miss your mark. And that's the same with story. You have to be focused in on what you want and then everything and i mean everything act performances dialogue shots the lighting the costume everything has to focus in on that um element or you're going to miss your mark there you go so that makes sense uh-huh. um so you talked about main action and spine it's yeah it's like what hooks the audience i mean what is uh, and and again the main action you know titanic is we know what the heck's going to happen? So it's anticipation. Um, Apollo 13 is, is. I love that movie. It's such a well done movie. But everybody knows the end result. Yet you're still hooked because it's very dramatic and it's full of tension. And uh, so we know that that's the hook. It's not about you know Apollo 13 and then the problems. It's the human drama of the of the astronauts inside the capsule of their their wives back. Of, of you know Gary Sinise's character trying to figure out on land how to get them back. All of the people. That's the tension of the movie. I remember watching that. Uh, probably you did too. I remember watching, stopped watching the entry of Apollo 13 live. The whole world had stopped, right? And there was that. Was it eight minutes, ten minutes, or whatever? How many minutes when nobody knew anything, right? And the whole world held a collective breath. You know. Now that's drama. You know, there's <laughs> tension, right? And it's just, and we know that. And I think if we, we, if you, you can feel the passion even when I'm speaking. It's just like it's so yeah. vivid, it's so raw. And I think if we can find that in our films, and find that in the performances, and find that in the stories we're telling, um, or find moments in it, then that's what people take away, uh, and that's really important. Um, so that's the hook, you know. Really, what what is it? Um, we go on to, like, we're still talking about action, so that's the main action. So uh-huh. what causes the action? Um, you know, what happens to the to the main character? That's all part of it. You can take plot and subplot and divide it all up. Um, because, you know, in Titanic, the love story did not cause the plot, which is the ship sinking. And, you know, so there's all these different, but it caused a whole bunch of other stuff. Because then all the other characters, we started getting an idea of the other characters as well. Because our main characters were re- they had relationships with all those other people, and uh, so it, it, that's the cause. Um, action points. 
we talk about are dramatic events that cause a reaction. And again, we're talking, and you take, we're going to talk about scene analysis, but a lot of this stuff is the same. You analyze the scene, a scene the same way. Right now, we're talking about the overall story, the the ten pages of your script, or thirty pages, or one hundred and ten pages you're going through. Um, so, what happens to the main character, and then, um, you know, and then, and the, uh, and what are the dramatic events, the action points? Well, you talked about that a bit too. It's like, what are the points along the way that, okay, this happens, then this happens, then this happens, and there has to be a logical progression. Uh, I, I tend to word, use the word logical. That sometimes is uh, maybe not the right word to use because you know then you look like Pulp Fiction. <laughs> uh, but but there is a logic to the story. Uh, I mean, the joke about Pulp Fiction is there, it's a beginning, a middle, and end, just not necessarily in that order. Uh, right. But it it is because it has to start and there's a middle point and it's just the structure that's a little different. So you have or memento where we talked about that where all of a sudden you know like just near the end of the movie all of a sudden I realized my jaw drops and oh my smokes we're going backwards you know and I was hooked you know and I didn't know why I was hooked but there was something going on and that's smart filmmaking um, I think so the action points of, of all the different things that happen you know action point and again I haven't seen Titanic for a long time but he wins the card game. Or she goes and separates, or she stands on the end of a thinking jump, and he happens to meet her. I mean, uh, you know, and of course, the biggest action point of all is the hitting the iceberg. Um, all of these are action points. All of them are going to uh, need um, to understand from the director's side how to film them, um, how to shoot them, how much time you spend on it. Obviously, you're going to spend an enormous amount of time on the ship hitting the iceberg itself and the result of that and and then smaller amounts of time to deal with all the other little elements and that's you know uh that's the director writer side of how to do that so all these action points are are important to plot out and uh, most of them are pretty self-explanatory but maybe you need another one maybe you have too many in one spot these are all the things you're trying to do um Source of conflict. Well, that's pretty obvious. A lot of that's obvious. That's that's the an incident or you know characters. What 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 are all those about? In um, conclusion, you know how does the story end? Because you have to go back to the beginning and think. Well, what's my journey? What is the conclusion? Um, you know that's why you read the script all the way through to find out what the story is about and what happens to the characters. Um, does this character live, die? Is it is it neutral? Is it left open? You know, a lot of films are open-ended. You're not quite, you know, was it uh, Inception? You know, prime example. Oh, just he's spinning the thing and then it goes to black and you don't know what's going to happen anymore. Are you pissed <laughs> off as an audience or are you relieved? Uh, these are all choices um, and that the director, so, but you know you're getting to that journey um, and that's, uh, and what's happening? Where are you going on that? Um, it was interesting. I was the first AD in Dawn of the Dead, uh, Zack Snyder's movie, and we uh, the ending. I don't know. Well, some of the listeners I imagine would have seen it, but the the actual. It wasn't until I went to the movie theater that they added a whole ending that we never shot, and that the ending to the movie that we shot was um, Sarah Polly and and Ving and everybody on the boat and they're sailing off into the sunrise, right? Uh, dawn into the dawn, into a new day, going out to on the sailboat they were surviving and they were going and that's the that's the movie that that i shot in toronto and then i went to movie theater six months later and they put a whole other ending on they put 
they made it a downer. You know, they they created all this footage and and uh, you know then they got on the island. It was all handheld camera. And next thing you know, they were all attacked and everybody died. And, and I kind of went, whoa, okay, that's the movie. Um, I worked on it. I didn't know what the ending was <laughs> because someone in the studio or whoever, um, you know, maybe did test screenings and they decided that this was too much of a. And I'm just supposed. I have no idea uh, this. Right. But, you know, it's like the sailing off into the sunset. Um, maybe it was too Hollywood, uh, too romantic. And is that the movie we want to tell? And uh, maybe not. And it certainly got me at the end you, you, because I was more um, affected by that ending than Sarah and everybody sailing off into the sunset because then it was like, and so I liked the ending in that sense. But it took me by surprise only because I had worked on it. But those are the things that happen, and uh, and so that's a really good example of something that happens after, right? Because it was never shot. We never shot it that way. Um, <clears throat> so that's a conclusion, you know. And and a lot of times I talk about, you know, filmmaking is a process of discovery all the way through, and you have to be able to uh, let the muse hit you. And sometimes the muse hits you when you're in editing. Oh, damn! We should have shot this. <laughs> Uh, but that's all part of it. You know, the, the lower the budget, the harder it is to kind of do something like that. When you have some money behind you, you can maybe add an ending like that or change something around or do a reshoot. Um, that's when it's expensive, but sometimes that happens, and it's not because people screwed up or something happened. Uh, it's because maybe there's a lot of there could be a lot of different reasons. Maybe we decided there's something different. The test screening showed us something different, or maybe we did screw up. Maybe there's you know, we didn't we didn't have a handle on it, or somebody didn't have a handle on it, or whatever. Um, you can go on and on about that. I know we're sort of our time's ticking away here. Um, and again, so well, the conclusion I'm good is if you are. Well, I got about five minutes, uh, and I okay, have to take so off. That, that's so that's where we're going to enter. Yeah, about about yeah. five ten. Um, okay. And the beats, um, and again, that goes into we talked a bit about that. What are the specific beats? Um, or you know, along and the beats are a lot of what we already talked about. Like, um, what are the action points? What are the beats? Specific moments, um, and a lot of times the beat. This is really in scene analysis. I mean, you're 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 analyzing the script and the scenes all at the same time. You can't do one without the other. But right now, I've tried to sort of say what is what's the overall look, and that's more your overall look at the at your script. And beats are important to to look at. Um, we all know what a climax is, you know, the end of a scene or your story. Um, does every scene have a climax as well? Um, should it? Does it? Um, you know, every writer maybe says something a little different, but, you know, you ultimately, we're, we're looking at the script. What's the climax? What's what's Where's that one thing that, that happens that everything's going to that because that's important? Um, so the climax is important. Um Again, still in scene script enough, some protagonist and antagonist. We know the bad, the good guy or the bad guy. Uh, um, you know, who's the main character, what happens to them. This is all script writing 101. But you want to follow their journey. You want to take that main character and you just sort of read everything about them. you got the story now. Is this the journey? Would they say those lines uh, if they're interacting with other people? When do they meet the protagonist? And the protagonist, or it could be protagonists. Right, plural. Um, how does this all work? How are they connected? And of course, now it all starts to okay. Is it logical that they meet this person here? Uh, and you go back and you you just you just look at that. 
Another thing a lot of people don't think about is who's the most interesting character, because a lot of times this doesn't have to be and is not the main character. Indeed, um, You know, I, I always use Robin Hood as a prime example. Um, the Sheriff of Nottingham uh-huh. was, um, oh, my God, the British actor. Um, just dropped that one. I didn't write it down, but he, <laughs> he uh, fabulous British actor. Right. This was uh, Kevin Costner's Robin Hood. And uh-huh. uh, he was in Die Hard, the bad guy in Die Hard. Um Oh yeah, yeah. Um, anyways, I think yeah, everybody. Anyways, he was the most interesting character in the movie, and it's awesome. And and that's what you want. You want these very fascinating, interesting characters, and it does not have to be the main character. Well, I think of Silence of the Lambs. Yeah. Silence of the Lambs, good example. How about Star Wars? I mean, Star Luke Wars. was kind of this milk toast guy going through, and all this stuff happened to him. And he had to walk. You know, all these other characters were more interesting right. than he was, but that's okay. Yep. You know, Absolutely. that's nothing wrong with that because you're. You know that's that's important. If you make your, it's almost, you know, if you, you know, and I'm not saying that. I mean, some people you just you the, the main sure. character is the most interesting character, and you're just you just you just wow, you're just like Patton, you know, Patton. Like if you watch right. the movie Patton and how it opens up, I mean, you're just riveted. I mean, George C. Scott won an Academy Award for a reason. You right. just your eyes are glued to this guy. Um, and I think he is the most in, in, interesting character in the movie, and the movie's about him. And and what's the title of the movie? Oh, it's called Patton. Okay. <laughs> that makes sense, right? Um, so that's something to look at. Um, and I think I can just finish off this, this specific script analysis almost sure. here. We're almost done. So where does the story take place? I think that's important. Um, is it a period piece? Is it in, set in the future? Um, what city is it located in, what time period. These are all elements that are huge um, um, for for the director or the creative team to process. If it's set in you know, New York in 2011, that's one thing. But if it's set in New York in 1811, that's a whole other thing, or 1911, you see. So it's the, it's not just costumes. Um, and the cars and the vehicles, or whatever it is, or western or horses for western, it's what's the attitude? What kind of things would they say? What's the attitude between men and women? Between authority? You have to research all of that stuff. Otherwise, it's a bunch of modern 2011 people in just cowboy outfits riding horses, speaking the 2011 language, and that's not interesting. So true. No. You know? hey. No, it's not. And I think that I think I talked that we alluded to that about uh I think the last conversation we had, you know, about uh war movies where before do you have the German speaking English with a German accent right. or do you have this and you know, and I mentioned the longest day where it was like huge movie with like every star in Hollywood in the movie or in Britain that had everybody in it, right? And the Germans were great German actors speaking German and they were subtitles and it was like, Yes, go baby go because that's <laughs> it's so real. Unlike right. unlike so many that have you know a cast of Americans or Brits that all speak different versions yes. of a German accent. Well, and, and not, the thing and is, not regional. Exactly. <laughs> well, you, are you from? Uh, yeah, exactly. That seems a little north of Austria. Where are you from? But or the other, I, I mean, another movie where I think it was, and these you know how these little things pop into your head. I think it's called The Iron Cross. It's not a great oh, movie, sure. but it but it's a movie about the World War One, and I think it's like I think Lee Marvin's in it and all these people. I it believe. Was Texas, right. Pardon me? 
Wasn't that Peckinpah? Did it? Uh, no, I don't think. I don't know. It was George Papard. I can't remember, but it just popped in. I think. I believe. They just spoke whatever they spoke. Uh-huh. You know, they didn't try to, because it was all about the Germans. It was all about the German side, right? And it's like, I think that, and this is all personal. I mean, obviously, this is, and people, listeners can say, I disagree, and I go, great, uh, fine, no problem. We can go to the bar and have a conversation. Um, but the idea is, for me, my belief is that I would rather have, if it's a, you know, it's, if it's all Americans or whoever is doing it, English-speaking people doing a French, you know, they're supposed to be French, just speak your normal language. Don't try to inflect put inflections in there because I that bothers me I'd rather just have you I'm, you're telling a story I'm transported I know it's supposed to be in they're all supposed to speak French but they're all speaking American English or you know, British English whatever but not with I'm fine because within five ten minutes I'm into the movie I don't care I lose the track when I have this you know the German accent kind of thing, or or if it's done badly. I think if it's done, you know, anyways, that's sort of my rant. I have a rant. You know, I, I'm allowed to rant per show, right? <laughs> so that's one of them. I guess I have to do that. <laughs> so okay, now I'm, I'm going to interrupt you just a couple of things. When Leon in the chat room uh, uh, posted, it was Alan Rickman. Is yes, the actor. yes, thank you very much. Yes, give the man five stars. Yes, yeah, Alan absolutely. Rickman. Yes, and, it was uh, like and, it was absolutely brilliant, uh, brilliant performance, and that that brought Alan, I think, into the into the American audiences. I remember he did. Uh, I think I saw a movie with him before, but but it was just so amazing. And there's so and, and a lot of times the bad guys in the movies, like I mean, I think any and you're an actor. I mean, wouldn't you want to play the bad guy? I mean, you can do all this stuff. It's so interesting, and you can go big and do stuff and it's just amazing and and you can create very interesting characters and actors that's what you want to do right rex you know that you just you just chomp at the bit to do something just really interesting oh. and off the wall and out there and a lot of times <laughs> the bad guys can, yeah. can do that you know or the roles so oh yeah cool. absolutely. so time and place is important and you know, and then the ending. I mean, it's kind of silly. I think I sort of alluded this a bit with the conclusion is, but it's it's like, what's the ending? And it has to be worthwhile for the audience because we've invested a lot of time. You know, two hours or ten minutes or whatever. It's still a lot of time. We're investing in your story. And it should be an event in itself. Um you know, what's happening? Obviously, Titanic, the ship sank, and everybody's in the water, and it's leading up to, and it draws us in, and you just know, and you're just, or Apollo 13, what's the event? You know, the Westerns, we talk about the ending. Uh, you know, I just, I keep thinking of the good and the bad, the ugly. You know these three guys are all, the two guys at least are going to get in a shooter. And then there's this huge, if we anybody knows the movie, it's Sergio Leone, you know, you've got the three guys doing a standoff in a cemetery and the music and the Leone style and the spinning cameras and then, you know, they're all going to look at each other and it's like you, you know you're going to get there and you want to see that and you're not disappointed. And that's important because sometimes movies will disappoint people by the ending is they've just not maybe keep track of the ending as well. Um, it has to be worth the wait because sometimes you go, what? That's how it ended? I mean, how many times have we seen that? You know, it's like, whoa, and that's what you're walking out the theater with, because um, it's the last thing we see. It's the last thing. It's like why Memento for me was just, I loved it, because I don't remember a lot of the beginning, but as soon as I realized we were going backwards, he had me hooked, uh-huh. <laughs> right? And that was near the end. So, 
I think that um, it's really, you know, this just to to, to recap and, and finish this off, Rex, is that really it's, and you you've said this about the director, but it's the director's job to translate everything we talk about, to translate the question, to translate all of this through the story from the beginning and the middle of the end and keep a handle on it. You know, and you think directing is, oh, well, I'll sit on, you know, what's directing? What do you go? I go, action, cut, uh, where's my driver? You know, there's like three things you have to know, right? <laughs> or when's lunch? Um, but there's a, a little bit more work to it than that. And I think that's where I'll end today. And that is awesome. That is awesome. And it's been another great session with you, Peter. You're going to be back, I think it's the... 13th of October, if I'm not mistaken. but uh, um, I think so, yeah. You, if that's the date you and I talked, I'll be back. Yeah, so we're going to continue this with uh, Mr. Peter Marshall. And again, you know, to me, I, I think these are just absolutely valuable sessions. Uh, so much comes from them. I hope you'll continue to uh, spread the word. And also, do go visit uh, Peter's website, actioncutprint.com. Be sure to subscribe to his e-zine, the director's chair, and your blog, is at filmdirectingtips.com filmdirectingtips.com so be sure to check those out also be sure to uh, to share uh, this interview and, and look at his materials and everything and share his website and materials with other people um, I, we haven't ever done this before but but do you give out your Twitter address because I will yeah it's uh, BC Filmmaker DC filmmaker. All right, yeah. so you can follow Peter at Twitter as well. I know you've got to go. I will say that the 1977 movie was made by Sam Peckinpah, The Iron Cross. Series. Oh, okay. There you go. Okay. I, I didn't yeah, know who yeah. the director was. Okay, right. But but there's it's a always a danger when when these things pop in and you don't you're not prepared and then you oh man I can't remember what that was. I think it was George Papard was in it or something. I can't remember. Yeah, right. I believe so. I, yeah. I had it up on. Uh, ah, I, I grabbed. Great. Yeah, let me see here. James I'm not, I'm not in front of a computer. James Mason. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. There <laughs> but, you go. Uh, James Mason, uh, Maximilian Michelle, and James Coburn, uh, among whoever else. I, Great. I, I don't know, but I do remember the movie. Yeah. So um, thank you very much for being here today and for uh, you know coming back, and, and we'll continue this exploration uh, in the near future. And uh, and anyone who's listening, go back and listen to you know all of the episodes. I think this was, what, episode eight or nine um, in terms of uh, – uh, uh, the director series. So go back and listen to each episode because uh, you're going to get lots and lots of good things. Right? Since you have to run, I'm going to let you go, Peter. I'm gonna, and I'm going to leave with my favorite expression from Frank Capra. And, and I think I may end on this all the time. And that's there's no rules in filmmaking, only sins. And the cardinal sin is dullness. So whatever you do, don't make it dull. Okay? That'd be exciting. <laughs> all right. Thank you, Peter. Enjoy. All right, Rex. We'll talk to you. Okay. Right. Thank Bye. you. Bye bye. Bye bye. All right, everybody. That's Mr. Peter Marshall. Again, fascinating. And I want to thank you for being here, both uh, live and in the chat room and or archived. Please do take a moment and leave comments about the show. Now, I've had some people tell me that they have to wait until the player closes down, until it stops, before they can leave a comment. I have never had that issue. So I don't... Oh, fantastic. Someone just followed Peter. That's very good. Oh, Leon, thank you so much. Um, I've never had that issue. I can leave comments during the show. I can leave comments after the show. I can leave comments before the show. I can go and leave comments as an archive show. So my guess is, is so can you. But if you're having trouble, uh, just take a moment and, and, and do that for us because it helps extend 
expand our reach to other people because, you know, it, it creates a, a greater Internet presence when you rate and review these things. So if you go to iTunes and you subscribe to these podcasts, then rate and review the shows. Leave a comment uh, right here. Leave a comment because, it again, it, it, it makes our Internet presence greater and it allows for more people to discover us. Um, but if you do it your job for me, which is to share the word, spread the word, put these links all over the planet. You can, you know, post them and repost them and and uh and you know, tweet us on Twitter and Facebook us and all the different social media means I we sure appreciate it. Um because uh I for me I go, you know, we're all giving this away for free so that you can have it. All we ask in return is that you share it. So please do. Anyway, I want to thank you for being here live or archived. Uh, you are always fabulous. It's always great to meet up in the chat room. So whenever you can, join us in the chat room. And uh, please do keep coming back. As, as I said, i got lots of great guests coming up in the, in the near future. We've got uh, Rod Lurie, director of, of uh, Straw Dogs, and Stanley Livingston from My Three Songs. He's a project, uh, uh, an actor's journey project. We've got Jane Espenson, uh, writer from Buffy and Angel and Firefly and, and so many things, um, new website series called Husbands, the series. Uh, we've got Peter coming back. We've got Mark Frost. We've got Brendan Moriarty, director of uh, Road to Freedom, and just a, a ton more of guests coming down the road. All right, you can become a member, and please do, please do become a member of my Facebook page. It's Rex Sykes Movie Beat at Facebook. You just click on the like button and, and join me there, and uh, follow me at Twitter, too. It's Rex Sykes Movie Beat. Rex Sykes Movie Beat. By the way, Rex Sykes Movie Beat, uh, the Friends Facebook page, if you're a filmmaker, go ahead, share your films, share your Kickstarter campaigns, share your stuff, because that's what it's about. It's about our networking together. It's about letting people know what's going on. It's a resource for you. It's a, a way I can let you know what's happening. But, uh, you know, it's kind of like our page. And, uh, and so go ahead, share uh, your information, and um, and I would appreciate that. Okay, everybody, have a fabulous day. Make your movies, complete your projects, and until we meet again the next time, and the next time, uh, if you're listening to this, is Thursday, the 29th, 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Central Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. You people in England and France and India and around the world, you got to figure out your own time zones. I'm sorry, I just don't know them. All right, complete, complete your projects, and until we meet the next time, that's a wrap. <laughs>